Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. So I kept you quite a bit over time last week. So my intent is to give you some of that time back over the next few weeks. So let's see if we can make this happen. So Advent is a time of preparation and a time of preparation toward the birth of Christ, which means metaphysically the birth of our own divinity. That's what Advent is about in unity. We're not talking about the birth of just one person. We're talking about the birth of something that is greater within us. We often call these things spiritual gifts, a gift that may have been dwelling just underneath the surface, and we're finally ready to allow that gift to come forth. That's what Advent is about. Last week, we talked about hope and faith. And we kind of started to distinguish between what is hope and what is faith. What do we do when we hope and desire and dream? And what really happens when we build the foundation of faith and how those two come together? It's very important that we understand the dynamic between hope and faith to enter that journey toward toward that birth of that spiritual gift. The second advent is about peace because we need peace in our lives in order for that spiritual gift to come forth. If we don't have peace in our daily lives, then we are so distracted with all the things that we ought to do that we actually never end up focusing on that spiritual gift. Therefore, we're not really preparing ourselves and then Christmas comes around and Christmas is gone, and here we are, yet again, just the same. So peace is essential. There's a story in the Bible about the angels appearing to the shepherds, and one angel specifically telling the shepherds, don't be afraid, but rejoice. The child, Jesus Christ, is born. We want you to celebrate that. And then the shepherds went to Bethlehem and found the newborn Jesus Christ and celebrated with Mary and Joseph that very important act of birth. Traditionally, we only look at this story in a literal way. But metaphysically, there's so much to unpack, so much to understand because it ties directly into peace, our theme for today. Angels, we already touched upon last week, angels are our intuitions, they're messengers. So we can see it externally and say, an angel is a messenger of God, and you might have had people in your lives that you considered angels, because they were just coming at the right time in in the right spot when you needed help. You can also see it internally. 
spiritual intuition where you get an insight, just like an aha, or as Paul Hasselbeck sometimes says, a daha moment, right? <laughs> I have more daha moments than aha moments nowadays. <clears throat> That's really when it feels it happens on its own, but the truth is that we actually getting ourselves ready for that clarity and their awareness to happen. And then we just become aware of it. A truth that has been simmering all along, all our lives. And we just needed to do all these extra things for us to get to the point that we understand that truth. The shepherds, they represent the protectors. The problem that we have when we focus on something very new, a new spiritual gift, something that may have been simmering all along, but it starts to come to the surface. It is so fragile, just like a baby. It needs nurturing, it needs attention, and it needs care. And the shepherds really, really represent that. The shepherds are there to protect the baby Jesus. Metaphysically, that means the shepherds are the protectors of our newborn spiritual gifts. We need that protection. And I hope that makes sense because all of us probably have tried something new in the past before, right? And whenever we try something new, maybe we change careers or maybe we change something else, maybe we move to a new location that we always wanted to live or maybe we go on vacation somewhere where we always wanted to be. Often when we try something new that is deeply meaningful to us, Unfortunately, the outside world often comes against us. Have you ever had that? Right? <laughs> you try something new, and then your family, your friends go, oh, really? <laughs> Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to move to Alaska in the middle of nowhere? It's really dangerous, right? So that happens in our lives when we try something new is we often have our own doubts within us, but we also have doubts from the outside. Actually, I find um, from students, when I <clears throat> talk with students or clients, that often the, the closest ones are our uh, biggest critics. Unless it's really a, a really good relationship that we have, then we might have a supportive partner who goes, yeah, sure, go for it, right? But often society tells us to try something new, especially when it goes against the grain, is not perceived very openly, isn't it? So we need that protector. Mary and Joseph here <clears throat> represent spiritual harmony. We can see Mary and Joseph as earthly representations of Mother, Father, God. It's about harmony, about feeling and thinking all at the same time to learn to feel and think in harmony, okay? Not, one cannot exist without the other. The newborn Jesus is the spiritual gift that's first recognized or acquired. That's what we're really up to. You can take this Advent season and say, what is a desire that I've always had in my life, but I have yet to unfold? I have yet to really take, step, take steps toward you can now take this Advent season and really move with that desire and say, I'm going to make this happen. 
And by understanding some of the metaphysics of these stories, you will understand, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, of course, I'm trying something new. Very likely, there's going to be people in, our, in my life that are not necessarily happy with what I want to change or what I want to uh, perceive or bring about. This is not malicious. Often, it's because of some concern that people have. It also is a reflection of our own doubts. When we are doubting that that new gift is actually really ours to embrace, then often we see that doubt reflected on the outside. Okay? <clears throat> and then we have City of David, Bethlehem, which are significant in this story because um, the City of David, which is Jerusalem, means the peace, the spiritual peace which is the peace that passes all understanding, whereas Bethlehem, which is south of Jerusalem, is connected to the physical peace. And today, I will dive into that a little bit more deeply because it's one of the teachings that I find has been missed in modern spiritual teachings and religions. There is a difference between those two pieces and we need to understand that and why. So ultimately what we're doing is we prepare our spiritual gifts, which is what Advent is about and Christ represents. We hope and dream that we, what we desire while building a foundation of faith. That was last week. We talked about that extensively. Today is we intuit without fear and find harmony to protect what is new, right? So we have to in, have intuition to what we want to bring about, what spiritual gift is ready for us to be born. And then we need to have courage to pass, to pass through the fear and know that we have the ability to protect ourselves and we have friends around us that will help to protect that new spiritual gift. And then we find peace first in the physical, then in the spiritual, to allow our gifts to strengthen and grow. So all of this is probably an hour of uh, interpretation that I just did in like 10 minutes. <laughs> and there's lots more in the sermon notes. <clears throat> so now that you all have downloaded the app, um, you can just click on the sermon notes and just go through some more of the details. But that's really the core of it. The core of this story is we are talking about something new to arise, and we need to find peace in order to allow the protection to take place. All right, practical application. Peace upon peace. There's a difference between peace with a small p and peace with a capital P. And I've talked about this before, but today I really want to dive into why that's significant, that is such a significant difference. I want to start with Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, which you all know very well because I bring it up all the time. This is Paul writing to the Philippians, saying, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's several teachings in this one verse. 
And again, it's sometimes frustrating to see how this verse is misunderstood. So I want to dive into this a little bit deeper. The peace of God <clears throat> is one of the teachings. This is represented by Jerusalem in the story. Is a peace that goes beyond our understanding. That is the difference between what we in unity prescribe as or describe as the capital P peace. It has nothing to do with the physical peace, a peaceful feeling. It goes far beyond that. It's not connected to feeling. It's not connected to thinking. It's the peace of God itself. Okay? The second piece is guarding. The guarding is represented by the shepherds in the story. When we find the peace of God, the peace that passes all understanding, and we're learning to connect to that kind of peace, we will guard, protect ourselves, hearts and mind, which is representative of the harmony that Mary and Joseph are standing for in Christ Jesus, which is our spiritual gift. In this one verse, Paul is saying that if we learn to truly get to the peace of God, not just the peaceful feeling, but the peace that passes all understanding, we, our spiritual gifts, we will be able to protect because nothing will shake us ever again. But that takes practice. It's not God outside of ourselves who is guarding us. It's not Jesus who is protecting us. It's us learning to tap into that particular peace of God. And then we guard ourselves, we protect ourselves, and we let that spiritual gift unfold ourselves. A significant difference. Now, last week, I showed you this pyramid. And I explained the difference between hope and faith by saying that faith is at the very foundation of all existence. And so are divine self, love, and you see peace there from last week, abundance, and so many things, other things. Our hopes and desires to come true, they're on the very top. And you probably remember from last week, as we are doing stuff in our lives, we follow our hopes and dreams, some of them come to manifestation and others don't. And that depends on how much faith we build in our lives. We can use the same idea to say that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is at the very foundation that we need to learn to build. And it's not so much that we need to put that peace in place. The peace is already there right now for all of us. We need to learn to open ourselves up to that peace. And then we have the physical peace. You know, feeling peaceful, having a good time, you know, relaxing into the chair. That's the physical peace, and they're both connected. And again, depending on where we're at in this pyramid, we will have either a greater connection to true peace, God peace, or not so much. And that's how we can determine 
how much awareness we have of that peace. The more we have a clear awareness and understanding of God peace, the less shaky our lives are. Because the more we can connect with the peace that passes all understanding, the more we can guard ourselves from the fluctuations of life. Does that make sense? The turmoils and all that. You see this in all the stories. Pretty much in all the stories, especially the stories when Jesus and the disciples crossed the Sea of Galilee. It's a perfect story to explain how Jesus always had that true peace and never wavered from that. Always was able to reconnect to that peace. Sometimes he may have lost it, you know, when he gets really uh, frustrated with the disciples because they're all up in fear and all that. You know, the disciples are no longer peaceful. They're all scared. The boat, boat will sink and all that. But Jesus just stays calm because he understands the peace of God. Finally, we need to practice. And the only way to practice the peace of God that I have found is through prayer and meditation and all its various forms for it. Through prayer and meditation, we learn to establish a peaceful harmony between the physical and the spiritual. We can consciously choose to learn to fill that triangle as much as we possibly can. And finally, when you go back at the bottom, peace of God surpasses all understanding it's synonymous to mother, father, God, to silence, to faith, to peace, to love, to joy. All the themes in the Advent, mother, father, God, God, harmony, universe, nature, whatever we connect, whatever word we connect to that which is far greater than all of us, it's all synonymous of the same thing. And as we learn, to tap into that greater peace, that peace of God, guess what? We learn to tap into true love, true joy, true faith, true God. We have the ability to be with God at all times. So let's exercise that. <clears throat> this is a something a usually don't teach until someone has developed a clear understanding of meditation. Most meditations, especially in the Western world, are not focusing on the peace that passes all understanding. Most meditations are focused on the top of the pyramid to just find some peaceful feelings. And that is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. He can lower the blood pressure. He can reduce our stress. But that is all in more of the physical. And it has that ability to help us physically, for sure. Classical meditation, however, goes a little bit deeper. Classical meditation specifically teaches, according to ancient scriptures, to learn to find the peace of God while everything else is going on. So let me try to demonstrate that to you. And Larissa will help me with that too. <clears throat> Everyone has heard of Om, 
right? Om is the primal sound. It's made up of three syllables or three elements, A-U-M, for creation, for sustenance, and for destruction, all in one. And we chant Om to actually represent the peace of God that passes all understanding. And there is an element of that that is available to all of us at all times. And I'm just playing a note here. Can everyone hear that note? Okay. So imagine for a moment that your life is doing whatever it is doing. But underneath that life, there's always this one element. Right now, I'm using an instrument to represent that. It's not this tone itself, but it's something that you can find just as I'm talking, you can hear this note, right? And it doesn't matter whether I talk loud or fast or slow or be quiet, you can always put your attention on that note, correct? So think for a moment that that is the peace of God. And you all have the ability, we all do, to find that peace. But it has nothing to do with our physical. It's something that goes beyond. And yet we have the ability to piece together over time and practice that this peace, this silence, this God, this love is always there. And we learn more and more to pay attention to it, okay? And now Larissa will just play a little bit of music, just some soft music. And I want you to be inspired by the music while you at the same time hold part of your attention on that note that I play. Beautiful, isn't it? That's when life is coming alive for us. Larissa is the life, is the manifestation, is our creation, our hopes and dreams. And what's underneath all of that is God, peace and love. But then sometimes life can get a little busier. Christmas shopping, right? And we're losing it a little bit, right? Where is that underlying note there that Jean-Marie is playing? It's hard to find, right? Shh, shh. I want to find it. Can you hear it? You can still hear it, right? That is the peace of God that passes all understanding. And even in greatest turmoil, when it gets really rough, You have to focus very hard, but listen very carefully. You're drawn toward Larissa and her beautiful playing, but underneath all of that, there is this one note. Can you hear it?
classical meditation as it is taught, especially you know, thousands and tens of thousands of years ago, Buddhist, Hindu tradition especially, not so much in the Western world, unfortunately, but more and more so, is teaching you to find this. And it's teaching you to find this regardless of what happens in life. This is very different to putting a shrine up and spend five minutes in meditation. It's very different to listening to a guided meditation. Because everything that we often learn about meditation is about the busyness rather than the constant, the constant sound of the universe. Right? Prayer is about affirming the truth of who we already are. That's the truth. It's not the busyness. Meditation is about building our awareness of the truth, which is learning to hear that, to feel that, to recognize that. Together, prayer and meditation are the cornerstone of our spiritual practice. The reason why I'm so picky about who is praying and meditating from the pulpit is because until I recognize in someone that they have the ability, whether they know it or not, to put their attention on what is beyond our understanding, until that happens, I want them to learn more. And that is the true teaching. Therefore, we must pray and meditate rightly, not get caught up in the busyness of life, but learn to put part of our attention at least onto God itself, onto that constant itself, that which never changes. And for some of us, it may be very similar to a vibration like this or deeper. But for others, it may be a sense of darkness or absence of anything. It's different for all of us. We all open ourselves up differently. But what we all can do is we can learn to repeat and remember to focus on the one and the same thing. So peace is not equals peace. So we need to learn the difference. <clears throat> and that is a teaching that I uh, cherish and I've taught for many years now. And I hope you will take this home today together with your story and start practicing. Can I find the one thing that never changes in my life, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad, whether I'm angry, whether I'm stoic, whether I'm eating at the concert, at home by myself or with lots of friends, can I find that one peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding? So I'll leave you with that for today. And guess what? We're moving into our meditation. You get to practice a little bit more. <clears throat> Mm.
So just remember. Allow Larissa to play her beautiful music and be inspired maybe by my words just to help you get grounded. But ask yourself what beneath all of it is always the same. So now let us breathe in deeply into our body. Let us give our body some form, some time to relax. Let us understand that this form of peace is that of the physical, important and yet not all of it. Let's open ourselves up to the peace of God the peace that is beyond all of existence. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our ability to open up and be curious about that which never changes, whether we call it God or silence or peace or love, that directly influences our ability to protect that new gift that we intend to birth. There's nothing wrong with getting caught up in the music or being inspired by the words. There's nothing wrong with going with the flow of life and enjoy it and fight against it and resist it and come back to relaxation. But ultimately, if we can learn to pay just a little bit attention in every moment to that one thing that never changes, we truly allow God to come forth. that are happening in the world are part of that same peace, the same love, the same silence, the same God. And if we learn to appreciate the things in life that are changing while also understanding there's something that will never change.
we begin to build our relationship with our divinity. So let us breathe in that idea that we are infinite, that we are both part of that infinite, unchanging existence and of the busyness of life, of here and now, yesterday and tomorrow, ups and downs, joy and sadness. When you move into silence, true silence, you don't have to be quiet. Right now, we all experience the silence that is far beyond our understanding. We allow the silence to build our foundation of our spirituality. And on top of that, we do the things that we ought to do. And whenever we feel that God has left us, or God's no longer in favor of us, we now know and remember that we have the ability to just remember and open up to that which never changes. So in gratitude, let us open our hearts and minds and find that perfect harmony of Mary and Joseph, of Mother, Father, God, within ourselves. Let us be inspired by the peace that passes all understanding to which we now are connected and that is at the core of our being as we move into this world today and every day. And let us give thanks for each other, for this community and far beyond, holding us together, allowing us to remember that in truth we're all one, one with God and one with each other, at the core of where it truly matters. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org. 